to John Frickin' Smith, coming to you uh, pre-recorded from Flight Path Studios. Uh, got a lot to catch up on. That uh, I mean, there's nothing of any importance to any of you. This is only what has been happening here, and bear in mind, you will learn nothing here. You will not be edified in any way. You may be entertained, depending on how low your threshold is for entertainment. Uh, but this is really, I do this... For me, much as Chris D'Elia, D'Elia, is that how you pronounce it? Much as anyone who does a podcast is, you know, they just do it for themselves, really. It's a way of organizing your thoughts. Anyway, so don't expect much here. Lower your expectations. Lower, lower. There you go. That's it. Okay, a couple of things I want to get out of the way first. It's been, uh, it's been especially impoverished here lately. So, uh. We just ran into a lot of problems, as uh, as I may have mentioned before. My automobiles are not from this century, so when they require maintenance, they require a lot of maintenance. And uh, one of my cars required about $2,000 worth of tires, alignment, front-end work. Uh, oh, new starter? No. Was it a starter? No, it wasn't a starter. Water pump. New water pump. That's what it was. All that added up. And uh, it still has this incredibly annoying chirping sound, which is not necessarily when you go over a bump, but it's kind of when you go over a bump and the car might also be going sideways at the same time. That was not fixed by any of the massive front-end work done by my wonderful mechanic from Peru who I love, and I'll see no, no one but him. Uh, so it's, it's coming from the back. And another reason I think it's coming from the back is because when I did my weekly Sam's Club run, I had all the things I'd purchased in the trunk. And on the way to Sam's, I did not hear the chirping, but on the way back, lots of chirping. Let's hear what that sounded like. I recorded it on my iPhone. Well, after checking my phone, I found out that I've accidentally... Uh, deleted the sound of my car chirping, so we're just going to continue on, and you can just imagine the sound of a car chirping. It sounds a lot like uh, when you're watching a basketball game and they stop real quick with the sneakers on the hardwood floor. Sounds a whole lot like that. And that can be just ear-piercing and incredibly annoying while you're driving. So on the way back from Sam's, it started making that noise, and I thought, well, you know, I should... I should record that for the podcast so people will know what I'm talking about. And at that moment, 
even though it's against the law, I pressed my cell phone, looked at it to, so that it would record the sounds, and at that exact second, I ran over one of those uh, web buckle strap things, just the hardware end of it, the biz big business end of it that construction companies use to strap lumber to their truck, just sitting in the middle of the road. And I ran over it uh, with my new front end, my new front tire, and then my new back tire, you know, just to keep it honest. So that's what this sound of chirping cost me. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I do. Anyway, the car seemed to not suffer any damage, and uh, my wife drove it to work. Hasn't reported anything weird. If it makes it back, I'm going to forget about it. Anyway, uh, so that was a bag of money. Meanwhile, I've been panicking about the fact that I may need to get a new car. By new, I mean used, but possibly from this century. And uh, my mechanic says, please get a Honda. He wants me to get a Honda. That's all he buys, and he says that's what I should buy. And I will, I, uh, if I ever, when the time comes. I've been shopping around. I noticed in my gentrifying neighborhood, it's really quite amusing because everybody has a Beamer SUV or an Audi or I think I told the story about the woman who said that maybe the gas station had gas that only affected the high-end SUVs that we drive here. And then she listed every feature of her SUV to let us know it was high-end. Anyway, uh, the funny thing is you can see used versions, uh, people selling their, their Beamer SUVs. And I look at the mileage and the year and I go, why are they asking less than the person selling a Honda of a similar or even older year and mileage. And the reason is that they have gone and done repairs on their BMW already, and they don't want that to continue. That's all I can guess. So uh, Honda will be the next vehicle, one way or another. Um, the, my house is also ancient and so disintegrating. It has vinyl siding that the guy I bought it from put over the decaying wood siding that was previously there, and now the vinyl siding is deteriorating, and it's cracked and split, and I didn't want it raining into my actual structure, into the framing. So I tried to get some people to do this job. I would have done it myself, but it, wasn't, it was only about six pieces of vinyl. It was, But I bought 12 anyway. It was six pieces of vinyl, but the problem is it was up over a a gable roof that it ha that butts out of another part of the other gable end of the house. And I don't, at age, my age, which is Paleozoic, I don't want to get on a roof. I just, if I fall onto a driveway from the roof, it's going to be bad. It's going to be worse than if I were younger. And so I uh, tried to get an estimate. I got one guy who, Fernando, who was a little light on the English, he drove up. <laughs> to give me an estimate, a free estimate. We're talking about six pieces of vinyl here. He drove up in his BMW SUV and gave me a bid to replace about six pieces of vinyl of $600. And I said, as I walked him out to the back to his vehicle, I said, well, you know, I'll uh, let you know I'm going to get some more bids. I kind of owe it to myself to do that. 
but I can't help notice that your car is newer and better than any of my cars. And Fernando explained to me in halting English that that vehicle was given to him by a woman in this gentrifying neighborhood who had him paint the inside and outside of her house and as payment gave him the BMW, I think it was an X5 uh, SUV with 100,000 miles on it, gave it to him. So it's either a giant house or she didn't pay for that car or I don't know what the, or he was lying. Any of those could have happened. But that's, uh, that's the story. I did not get Fernando. Another person showed up on a neighborhood list. Excuse me, I need a cup of coffee here. Don Pablo coffee. Uh, another person showed up with the, on the neighborhood list, and I asked if they would do this kind of work. And so we had a little negotiating section <laughs> session over uh, text. He also bid $600, and I did not respond. And he said, too much? <laughs> I said, well, assuming this is going to take eight man hours, a crew of two for four hours, then that comes out to, what was it, $80, $100? I can't remember. Uh, I have to do the math. But the amount that uh, it was per hour was ridiculous. It was more than a lawyer makes. I pointed that out to him, that even with a markup, oh yeah, it was, I think it was 100 with the markup once he'd done a markup. Uh, and I explained that that was ridiculous, that it was not anywhere, you shouldn't be getting paid what lawyers and psychologists make to put up six pieces of vinyl siding. So he said, his next comment was, what can you afford? Okay. That is not, unless, that is not how business is done. It's not, what can I get away with and what can you afford? Although I guess it all ultimately boils down to that. But just give me some logical reason why I should pay you X amount of money that you want to be paid. You know, it has to be within reason. You know, if you say it's going to take four hours and you're paying your people $50 an hour, well, that's $200 and... I already had the vinyl siding. There were no materials costs involved. So ultimately, he came down to 400 and I uh, reluctantly agreed because it was going to rain again, and I was tired of thinking this was raining into my house, into my attic. So they came over, did a good job. It only, they came over with, went to estimate with two people, but only one person showed up to do the work. And uh, he did a good job, but... I had told him, you know, fix the ones up top that are cracking, and then any of these that are screwed up down below, they weren't cracked, but they were installed poorly by some other idiot. I said, just go ahead and replace those with these extras that you had until you've used up all the 12 pieces of siding that I bought here. So they nodded and agreed, but he didn't do that. He just did the top ones. And so I called back his handler, the guy who I guess is his contractor. He refers to this first guy as his contractor. Neither one of them are real big on English, but they're nice guys. Um, and he said he would come back and replace what he could of the others. And the guy did come back and fixed what he could of the others without 
getting into really weird stuff with having to fix what the previous people did. He did add, I think, four or five new pieces and made it a whole lot better. So I got down to, it's ultimately about $65 an hour I paid this guy who doesn't speak English very well and came in with a ladder and a couple of tools and did maybe a total of 10 pieces of siding. Way too much. Way too much. But it had to be done. And in this neighborhood, that's barely a job worth taking. They spend the amount of money spent around here. I think that's what the problem is. These contractors, they see these houses that are a million dollars all around me. They go, we can just ask whatever we want. They'll pay it. They have no idea. And they do. I hear these ridiculous prices. You know, I need someone to shovel a drainage ditch. Oh, it's going to be $5,000. It's just nuts. Okay, I'm going to get another cup of coffee. There'll be more coming of this exciting oratory. Hang on. Okay, back. And I'm drinking some delicious Don Pablo coffee that I got at Costco. And as I was enjoying the value of the Costco brand coffee, but it does have a bitter aftertaste. And I was, uh, I was not using creamer because I was on the heavy uh, no-carbohydrate Atkins thing, switched to this coffee. Uh, it's more expensive, but it is quite good. Um, anyway, uh, let's take a minute for uh, musing with John freaking Smith. People say life is a gift, but really it's more of a subscription. Musings with John freaking Smith. This has been Musings with John freaking Smith. Okay. Um, <clears throat> oh, I forgot to mention, uh, I'm so I'm applying to get some a uh, home equity line, not a home equity line, uh, a cash out refi because uh, I'm not going to be able to buy a new car otherwise, and I have about $7,000 in credit card debt. So we're going through that process, which is terrifying. And the fact that I was in that position uh, makes me realize I'm going to have to get some sort of job before I hit rock bottom and look for a career in stand-up comedy. And that is rock bottom if you're a stand-up comedian. There is, uh, that just means that you've looked at every other profession on earth and decided that, you know, you would better, the only way for you to make money is to go stand in front of strangers and engage in public speaking as a lifestyle. And uh, so that's pretty freaking desperate. But that's where I am. You know, you might think maybe... Uh, organ grinder monkey would be rock bottom but no i mean even the monkey he's he's got a partner you know he's got someone to play off stand-up comedy nope just you and a world of fucked upness okay <clears throat> whoops just you and a world of eccentricity let's say oh i wanted to go through a list of things that because i'm poor I am not buying this Christmas. Uh, I'm not buying a new iPad, though I'm sorely tempted because uh, 
the new one is half an inch bigger. And uh, they had them on sale, one that had a lot more memory, like 128, which would have been enough. And uh, then I could give this one that only has 16 gigs of memory to my wife because she needs a new bigger one. And this is bigger than the mini she has. And they were down to, I think, 329 for the 128 meg. I mean, gig, sorry, 128 gigabyte. Uh, but I refrained from buying that, even though that is, you know, a pretty good price because I don't have the money. I'm trying to make the credit card debt go down instead of up. Plus, they'll be coming out with new ones with technology. Anytime you don't buy technology, you feel smarter when the new one comes out. So that's what I'm going to do. Um, also, uh, that also would have led to other purchases, um, which one of which I may get anyway if I ever get some more money. The uh, I was wanted to get one of those uh, Bluetooth MIDI keyboards, like the uh, the Korg Mini Air 49 or Air Key 49, something like that. That looked like it would be useful. You could just hang out in your bed and practice your piano. Um, it looked useful, cleaner, might actually have you create more music if you didn't have to be surrounded by wires every, all the damn time. If you didn't have to be surrounded by wires all the time. Um, what else didn't I get? Um, seems like there was something else. Hmm. Yeah, the experimenting with the Puerto Rican Quattro. It's a 10-string instrument that seems to be about the scale of an octave mandolin, which is a, a sound I've been looking to incorporate without having to actually pay for an octave mandolin because they're too pricey. But anyway, that's, a, that's another item I was thinking about that I'm not going to be buying. I am also selling my beloved Eastman E10SS guitar. I'm half-heartedly selling it because I really don't want to, but <clears throat> times are hard. Uh, and then uh, it's got a nice Anthem SL pickup in it. Thing records great, plays great. Uh, and then the only thing is I've gotten used to another Eastman that has a slightly wider one, one and three-quarter nut. And for my, my ham hands, that seems to be a little bit better. And that's how I'm talking myself out of selling this other one. Uh, I did sell a uh, MPK 25 mini keyboard. That's another thing that uh, I did raise some money. Uh, oh, and on the coffee. If you do go this route and you're buying the beans and you grind them, I learned this because I bought the wrong kind of grinder first. Apparently, you want a burr grinder because... The other kind of grinder, the kind I got, I don't know what they call them, blade grinder maybe, uh, you don't get a consistent grind. You get ground up coffee, but then you get like half beans or whole beans or it's, you know, it's just not consistent and you can't repeat the coffee experience with that kind of variation. So I didn't want to spend more money, so I just got a manual burr grinder for like under 20 bucks. Boom. Oh, speaking of cheap Christmases, yeah, I, why didn't I just segue right into that? Uh, we had this lady uh, in our family named Aunt Mary, my father's sister, and she used to come over at Christmas, and 
she would just get kind of like stewed over in the corner drinking scotch. And she always brought gifts that were clearly uh, last, last, last minute gifts. There were never anything she actually purchased at a store. There were things she found <laughs> around the house that she thought, you know, might be, you wrap them up, they could be a gift. You never know. You know, uh, I once got a book that was for like third graders of dog breeds. It'd be like maybe maybe for first graders because it was like the German Shepherd is a large dog. He's protective and friendly. This might be one of those. Um, so I had a, I did a song about Aunt Mary, and I'll be playing that in a in a bit. But as my family experienced various degrees of poverty as we got older, uh, we started saying, you know, this year, let's just make it an Aunt Mary Christmas. And so we'd grab stuff that was just ridiculous and uh, give to each other, like uh, a half-filled-out crossword puzzle. Uh, that was one. Some uh, extra condiment packs. Uh, last year's calendar. That kind of thing. And it was a lot of fun. It got very, very creative. Uh, we should start doing that again. Uh, it's sort of a low priority at this point, though. Um, anyway, let me play that song. The Aunt Mary Christmas. You'll be pleased to know I do not sing on this one. So there's an actual singer, and she's good. Here it is. She brings us Christmas fun Vintage French makes best use by June Of 91 Gifts wrapped in napkins Place that she's pilfered Or a paper bag Can't make stuff up like that With a scotchy
Okay, now it's time to talk about what this podcast has really turned out to be about so far. Uh, I think it's about a man with love but no money and a man with money but no love and the woman who negotiates those two different worlds. Uh, I'm the one with no money, obviously, and my wife, Linda, is the one between them, and the man with uh, money and no love is Carl. I have so many updates on Carl. So many. Hang on, I've got to check my notes here. Here's one. His mother is 85 years old, and uh, to his credit, he does go see her at Christmas time, and uh, he had let her know before he went up there that he had a list of requirements things he wanted to eat while he was staying there. Uh, so she's still driving at age 85. She was talking to my wife on the phone, and she said, I went and got him everything he needed, his apples and fruit and the juice. But all, running all these errands just tired me out at my age. So uh, she told that story. And then the next day, Carl said uh, he wanted some bananas. He forgot to tell her. And his mother said, well, I'm sorry, I'm tired from doing all those errands yesterday. And he said he needed the bananas for his, you know, health. And she said, well, she didn't want to get dressed and go out and go driving again just for bananas. Carl is uh, telling my wife this over the phone. And he says, so I told her I was going to give you a thousand dollars for Christmas, but if you won't even get me some bananas, I guess I won't. She got me the bananas. My wife was uh, speechless until uh, Carl changed the subject. He He's on the spectrum, so he can't read other people's reactions at all, but he has learned that extended silence after telling a story from which he expected a response means it is not the response he was expecting and he should change the subject which is what he did. But there's an even better story. <laughs> this is the pineapple story. About 15 years ago, when my wife and then her co-worker, Crystal, Crystal has since retired, they were eating lunch and uh, at the office. And normally what they would do is they'd go to the grocery store and they'd buy one of those big fruit platters and they'd eat off of that for about three days uh, together at lunch. And so Carl walks by and uh, he just starts grabbing out like uh, the pineapple because he likes pineapple, probably the high sugar content grabs out all the pineapple and just starts eating it while he's just interrupting their lunch hour, just sitting there, you know, wants to be part of the gang, I guess. And uh, Crystal says, Carl, that's all we have. And he goes ballistic. He goes, when I think of how many times I've taken you two to lunch and paid the whole bill, here's the fact of the matter. They never wanted to go to lunch with him. They were just afraid to say no because he's one of those manipulative people that, uh, you know, if you don't go to lunch with him, you're going to pay for it. And he always picked the place, which was somewhere they never wanted to go. 
and then he, he ruins the whole lunch by talking about whatever politics or money or his family he hates or what he's just a toxic human being it's not like going to lunch was a big reward for my wife and crystal it was more like dear god here's something else we have to endure anyway so he's saying when i think of all the times i took you to lunch that's the gratitude i get blah 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 he uh, maintained this anger about that for 15 years and uh my wife was not, she's not the one that said that's all we had. She just witnessed all this. <laughs> and uh, she was on the phone with Carl the other day. He had called and the line was busy and he said, uh, Oh, who are you talking to? <sighs> like an abusive husband or something. And I was talking to Crystal, my wife says. And he said, Well, if you were her employee, she wouldn't let you talk to anybody on her time. I mean, it'd be just like the pineapple incident. <laughs> the pineapple incident. <laughs> and then he said, uh, of course, he had to turn it to Trump. because She's probably a Trump supporter. You know, what's mine is mine and what's yours is yours and just never the two shall meet. Crystal retired about you know, eight years ago. But Carl is still harboring this incident from the pineapple. I'm thinking that every year Crystal should send him a pineapple-themed card or present. The year in pineapples. That's what I would do. Anyway, that's, that's the pineapple story from Carl. Um, he's been keeping my wife exactly until... 7 o'clock, she gets in, it works 10 to 7. Every day, regardless of whether there's anything to do, and there usually is not by that point. And he doesn't do anything except for go to the office so he doesn't have to be at home. Um, and then he's arranged the Christmas holiday so that she'll get off Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, but not Friday or Monday. Not Friday or Monday, no. No. And then he's going to complain, as he already did. He didn't want to go home for Thanksgiving because uh, my wife will just watch British television down in the basement. She doesn't sleep on the same floor with him. Uh, oh, I learned another interesting thing. His son, an adult, late 20s, when Carl comes home from a trip, the son carries his bags upstairs and Carl tips him. And they're both okay with this arrangement. I find that extremely weird. That's so like both of them saying, money is the only basis for our relationship. Let's be clear about this. I, I just, that's so screwed up. Anyway, so I can, you can see how someone that had that kind of existence would be miserable. It's just a self-fulfilling misery. Unfortunately, it's become a toxic misery, and it spills over on everyone around him, including my wife. Now I'm thinking of getting her out of there somehow. Somehow is like a, an extraction operation. Uh, I'm convinced she has some level of PTSD from it. And I'm not kidding. I know that sounds ridiculous for people who have been in battle and had PTSD. 
uh, and I'm sorry, but there's maybe it's not PTSD, but there's some sort of psychological impact, and uh, it's affected her sleep, her moods, and uh, I just gotta do some sort of extraction operation. It's just, it's just waste your life with being unnecessarily miserable. Oh, I forgot to mention a key fact. If you're not a long-time listener, you might not know this. Uh, when Carl was complaining about uh, Crystal not wanting to share the pineapple, and when he had uh, been complaining about this, an event that, was, that happened 15 years ago, this is from the same man who in 2008 cut the salary of my wife by 20% because of the economic collapse. And even though there was the longest growth spurt, uh, growth period in history in the economy, 11 years that followed that, he never raised her salary back up to what it was 11 years ago. It's still 20% less than it was 11 years ago. And he's complaining to my wife about the coworker not wanting to share the pineapple. So I just wanted to give you that clue about the self-awareness of Carl. That's, uh, remember that throughout all these stories. So I, uh, I think I'll end there. Let's just, uh, it's pretty obvious that I'm describing a real-life Scrooge. And uh, I hope there's not one in your life this Christmas. So have a Merry Christmas and a great New Year, everybody. Thanks so much for tolerating this particular weird episode. Talk to you next year.